This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hooray! I just love looking at all your faces. It gets me happy. Shula basa. You know, I am, I am just rejoicing in God's goodness. And uh, I've got much to share with you tonight, uh, just as the Lord leads. But we are living in amazing times. Huh? I, um, I was just in worship. And as I, was, as I was just enjoying Jesus, and as Pastor Chris got up and just took us a little deeper, I, um, I began to just go into an encounter with God. And you know, when I, have, when I come into worship, I intend always to have a supernatural encounter. Uh, you know, that's why I enjoy worship so much. Worship's not this sing song that we, you know, warm up. Worship's my favorite part <laughs> because it's our opportunity to engage with God. It's our opportunity to, by faith, have an encounter with Jesus. And we can do that. Yes, we can do that at home, but there's something powerful about the corporate anointing. Hallelujah. But uh, as, as we were just pressing in further, I, um, I was looking and expecting God to show me something. And as, he, as I did, I felt him take me right into his heart. And I could feel, I saw a vision of him pulling me into his heart and pulling me literally into his heart. But then as, I, as, it was, as that happened, I, I said, Lord, why am I here? What are you showing me? Because in every encounter, God's got a purpose. In every encounter, God's got something that you can keep. Hallelujah. He's got something to give because that's his nature. He is love and true love gives. Hallelujah. So in every encounter, there's something. So don't stop looking until you've received what he wants to give you. Hallelujah. Look and keep on looking. It's worth it. Hallelujah. Anyway, I was standing in, in, inside his heart in this vision. And I said, Lord, what are, you, what are you wanting to show me? And all of a sudden, I felt myself covered, covered in his blood literally covered in blood. And I found myself thinking, God, there's so much blood. It's completely covered me. And I felt in my humanness, I felt like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to waste, I don't want you wasting it, Lord. It, it's, it's completely covered me. And I, I was thinking about Jesus as a man crucified and his blood shed and you know but you spent you you're spending so much blood on me Jesus is how I was starting to think in my head and the Lord spoke to me he said I want to show my people how valuable they are to me and all of a sudden worship just went to a whole other level for me again I go Jesus you know we can know truths but God wants, he's a living word, and he wants to make the truth alive to you every day in a fresh way. For the Father's looking for worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. That is those who have supernatural spiritual encounters by the Holy Spirit revealing something more of the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Causing us and provoking to us to a new spontaneous heart reaction that the Father says is worship that's pleasing to me. 
You know, that sometimes, I'll be really honest with you, sometimes I can go through a whole worship set and not have, and haven't really worshipped. And sometimes it's just in the last few minutes that I really come into a place of actual worship. And that's not nothing to do with the worship team. Sometimes I'm distracted in my thinking. It doesn't happen very often, but sometimes I'm, I'm distracted. And, and God's looking for us to come to the place where we are awakened to the reality that our ministry, our privilege as children, is to minister to Him. I get to love Him. This one who makes himself vulnerable to my love. This one who poured his blood out, or he just poured it out without, without reservation, gave his whole life for the joy set before him. And you were the joy, the, your fellowship, the thought of being able to have your company and your fellowship, intimate relationship with you for eternity was that which motivated him to endure the cross. So when I am distracted or when I am uh, thinking about how guilty I am or how you know hypocritical I feel, I'm actually robbing God from the joy of the fellowship that he wants. My job's not to be thinking about me. My job's to reckon myself dead and remember, because of your blood, I've been made clean, and now I'm not gonna think about how I'm feeling. I'm gonna think about the reality that even if my heart condemns me, you're greater than my heart, and I'm here to worship the lover of my soul, the one who poured out his blood without reservation for me. Ah, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, Altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Oh, Father, we thank you. We say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is any good? Our wonderful Jesus, our magnificent God. Now, I was um, reading on the way home, on the flight home, four and a half hours, hallelujah. Um, I, I was reading through the book of Revelation. I think it's a really good thing to read whole books of the Bible as often as you can in as many different translations as you can. Read them from beginning to end. If you don't have time, just read the last two chapters of Revelation before you go to bed tonight. It's like, ah, oh, so good. But, um, but just recently, I, um, I had a dream. And in the dream, there was all these ministers around a table, and they were sort of discussing the latest revelation. And then, uh, then this, this one minister was trying to convince me that 
You know, I really needed this new revelation. It was gonna, it's gonna be much more attractive and interesting to people. It was much meatier and it was thicker and it was, you know, it had more substance to it. And then I saw a vision as he was talking to me in the dream. I had a vision in the dream. And um, I saw a tree with branches. And around one of the branches was a snake, a brown snake coiled tightly around it. And if you hadn't looked carefully, it would have looked like that branch was just a whole lot thicker than all the others. But it was actually a, a snake that was making it look thicker. And, I, and as I'm looking at this vision, this man is telling me in my dream, oh no, you need, to, you need to get into this revelation. It's much thicker. It doesn't matter that there's a snake involved, you know, because it actually just be open-minded, look at it. It's, it's much more substantial than just the simple gospel. And, uh, and, um, and then, then uh, you know, the Lord went on and he spoke to me further. I, I won't sh share all about it, but a few days later, I was so shocked to come in contact with a, a well-known minister that suddenly began to talk to me and say, hey, you know what? We need to be more open-minded. We need to, and he began to just espouse these humanist ideas, these ideas that were taking away from the truth of the gospel, that were adding to it mixtures of Buddhism and, and New Age stuff. And he, he, he was somebody that had been in ministry for a long, long time. And all of a sudden, as he began to speak, suddenly my dream came back to me. I went, oh, Lord. And so I went and I read, I was reading Revelation. I'm reading everything I can get on, on the truth of the one, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Hallelujah. And reminding myself and reminding people the reality that, you know, we don't, in the name of relevant, being relevant, we're not called to blend in and adopt in humanist philosophies in order to win the lost. It's the, that's, that is, that's mixture, it's lukewarm and God will spit it out because it's impure. But God is looking for those who will recognize there is so much power in the gospel. If we would only apply what we actually have. Oh my goodness, so exciting. This is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. And God is, God is so passionate about, I believe, really awakening people to walk in the substance of the pure truth, the naked and unashamed truth of the Bible. You know, we need to be a people of the Word that, that don't read the Word without the Holy Spirit, but read it as lovers of God, enjoying and, and understanding that without the Word of God implanted in our hearts, we can easily be deceived. Now, the, the Scripture says, take heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. We need, you know, that's, I know this sounds heavy, but I need to say this. It's so important that you know what the Bible says. There are absolutes in the Bible, and I tell you, there is a lot of Christian, it's not Christian, but Christian philosophy that's going around that is very uh, shy of absolutes, afraid of the absolutes of Scripture. There are ancient stones that must not be moved. 
You know, we can differ in some doctrines and theologies. I'm okay with that. But when it comes to the ancient stones, I'm talking about the absolutes of Scripture, that there is no man comes to the Father but by Jesus. The absolutes of Scripture that says, hey, if your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I don't care if it's not trendy, there is a lake of fire and you, you will go there. Now, I'm not, don't react, just read the book of Revelation. It's there a whole lot of times. Now, I say this because I believe that the Holy Spirit is looking for us to have an internal perspective, to understand the privilege that we have, but also to understand the weight of glory that we are about to enter into. Hallelujah. This is a season of supernatural acceleration. But in this time of acceleration, it's been prophesied for many years, we're going to see a move of God like they saw in the 70s during the Jesus People Movement. This is happening and has been happening for some time now. But during that season, it was a season of acceleration. But during that season of acceleration, because of a lack of teaching, a lack of truth, there was also in that accelerated spiritual awakening, there was many who deviated from the truth and quickly ended up in uh, sinister cults. We as the people of God need to recognize that the divine acceleration of God is to keep, we in this season of supernatural acceleration, which is way more than what they saw in the 70s, this season of revival is beyond anything we've ever asked, hoped or imagined, hallelujah. But it's a season to focus, to focus on the Word of God, to embrace it, to hold fast to it, to read it, to read it, to enjoy it, to let it come onto the inside of you to hold fast to the simple truth of the Word of God. Do I hear an amen? amen? Hallelujah. There we go. There's my hobby horse. Hallelujah. I want to read to you from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Are you happy? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And He didn't come and give His life just so you can have a happy life. Though we do get life and life more abundant, and it's wonderful, I'm all into joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. But it was much more than just that. He came to save you so that you and He could be together forever. Hallelujah. Our wonderful Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1. I, uh, I love this prayer that Paul prays for the saints. Verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insights into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which He has called you and how rich is His glorious inheritance in the saints, His set-apart ones. 
And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. I just want to focus here today on this. You know, we, we pray, uh, Lord, give us spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The more we know him, the more we understand who we are. We get to behold him as in a mirror and we are transformed as we behold him. Hallelujah. We have been made new creations in Christ and by looking at him, by knowing him, we are transformed in our thinking to remember who we actually are. That we are altogether lovely. We have been forgiven. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are not defined by our mood. We're not defined by our actions. We are defined by the one who has saved us. And he wants our thinking to line up with the reality that as he is, so are we in this world. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your, your behavior will flow out of that thinking. Hallelujah. If you wake up and, and, and think, oh, I'm in a cranky mood, then you're going to be cranky. But if you feel cranky, you look up in the mirror and you remind yourself, actually, I'm dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In me is righteousness, peace, and joy. God is patient, kind, long-suffering, temperate. He's full of joy. That's who I am. I'm reminding myself by reminding myself of the word, what I look like. This is who I am. And the next person I see is going to encounter the love of Christ. Hallelujah. They're going to encounter God himself. Hallelujah. And that's how we live in his light. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. So in the knowledge of him, we're transformed. We are awakened to the truth of the hope of our calling, that we are called to be as he is. We are called to be the light of the world. And that means not just occasionally when you get a good opportunity. That means tonight as you go home, that means in every conversation, God wants to remind you that He's not condemning you. He's not saying, you judgmental person, you this, you that. He's reminding you, hey, that's not even how you think anymore. That's not how you behave. Remember, this is who you are. If you find yourself start being judgmental, if you start find yourself being critical, remind yourself, look in the mirror and say, actually, who am I? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. Ooh. Love doesn't rejoice in evil. It rejoices at the truth. Hallelujah. This is who I am. You know, we need to, we need to carry a mirror with us. <laughs> that is, we need to be consistently looking, taking moment by moment time to look in the mirror of his face. Hallelujah. But then he says this, which is so amazing. He says he, he, he longs for you to have supernatural revelation of who he is so that you can know the hope of your calling. And he also prays here that you would have the eyes of your heart flooded with light and understanding so that you can know and understand the hope to which he's called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. He wants you to have supernatural revelation of your value. 
This isn't some nice feeling, some nice idea. He's saying, I pray this for you constantly. Paul's praying for the churches, that church that is planted, he's praying constantly, God, let them have intimate connection with you. Let them be continually growing in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of their heart be flooded with light so they remember who they are, so that they behave like you, so that they know the hope of their calling and they understand the value that they are your inheritance and how rich and valuable they are to you. This is a part of this prayer that many of us sort of skip over. And we think, yeah, I want to know the hope of my calling. And I want to know the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And whatever that is about the inheritance. Maybe that means something for me. No, actually, what it's saying, he, let's read it together. He says here that you would know how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. Whose inheritance? His. You are his inheritance. And he wants us to have supernatural revelation that you are so valuable that he would have given all his blood just for you. That you are so valuable that every moment of every day he waits for, for, to enjoy that which he has won. He waits to enjoy your company. He waits to feel your heart come after him and bless him and love him back. He longs for your company. You see, in understanding how valuable you are, you will begin to walk with a different awareness. We've been saying for so long, fully aware and fully awake. Fully aware and fully awake, not just in specific things, but fully aware and fully awake in the understanding of your value. Because if you know how valuable you are to Him, you'll begin to understand with a new recognition what this war going on around you is all about. The enemy wants to rob God of His inheritance. He wants to rob him of the delight and the joy of your company. And he wants to blind you to your values so that you walk around trying to gain value from everything and everyone. Make me feel okay. I'll put another selfie on the Facebook so I get some comments and somebody might make me feel okay. I'm telling you the truth. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not against selfies. I'm against a motivation that thinks that that's going to help you feel valuable. It is fleeting. The value, your value comes from the fact that he covered you completely with his own blood. Your value comes from the reality that he waits for you just to look at him. And the moment you do, he's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Your face to me is lovely and your voice is sweet. And we're there like, hang on, you know, I'm just trying to sort out whether I feel like a hypocrite or not. And he's like, there's no condemnation for you. I've done it, I've cleaned it. Just, just let me hear your voice. Your voice to me is lovely. Let me tell you how valuable you are to me. Let me remind you, I want to fellowship with you like I fellowshiped with Jesus when he got alone with me. 
Have you ever thought about it? What greet, what Jesus was like when he got up on the mountains and he'd go and be alone with Jesus? Or he'd go and be alone with the Father? Have you thought about that? What do you think he did when he went alone to be alone with the Father? Do you think he was there the whole time going, oh, Father, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I feel like I'm okay to be interfacing with you. I've been, you know, I've been getting dirt on my feet and been around all these people that make me feel like oh, I'm this and that. You know, I don't believe that he would have wasted any time coming and just loving his Father and being loved. Talking with him, not as a, a pauper, but going to him and, and being strengthened, being refreshed. You know, I, I believe that it's so important that we are real with God, that I talk to him about how I'm feeling. I do tell him, Lord, I feel weak. Lord, I've done this. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. I do confess my sin. But I don't spend all my time thinking about how hypocritical I've been. I receive by faith the mercy of God. And I say, here I am. Come and kiss me. Yes, I love you too, Daddy. And it's in that place that we renew our strength. Hallelujah. It's in that place of understanding our value to Him that suddenly we become of uh, uh, use to others. You see, until we understand on a continual basis the value that we have to the Father, that we are His glorious inheritance. If we, until we understand, and it's not something you get, it's something you continually have. It's a, it's a revelation that you will continually grow in because it's too glorious for human comprehension. Until we come into that place where we, we recognize my, my purpose is to be loved and to love you back. Okay, Father, I'm asking for supernatural revelation of the riches of your glorious inheritance in me. Help me to understand. Help me to understand how valuable I am to you so that I won't pursue other people's affirmation to make me feel okay. You see, what's, you might say, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is it makes you vulnerable and it, it, it leads you into a blindness that you've actually been called in this earth as a gift. The person that you meet next is not supposed to be the one that feeds your need to feel valuable, but is the person that you get to love and bless. Hallelujah. You have had good works laid up in advance for you to do. He's done it. And it's not all about works. It's about the reality that, hey, I need to understand who I am so that I can understand the privilege that I have. I shared um, a little while back, um, you know, Danny Silk wrote in, in his book, Culture of Honor, about noblesse oblige. That French term about that French aristocrats would use um, the nobles would say, it's our noble obligation, noblesse oblige, to do good to those that are less blessed than ourselves. And when we understand the riches that we have, the value that we are to Him, we come with a different attitude. Instead of looking to see, you know, to pull affirmation, to, to, to look for something that's going to make us feel okay, we come with the, such as I have, give I thee. How can I love you? Because in loving you, I love Him, and this is my purpose. Hallelujah. <laughs> How can I be a blessing? How can I love you? How can I, how can I serve you? Because in serving you, I'm serving him and I get to love him more. 
anyway. You see, it's not until you get that will you come into the revelation of the greatness of the power toward you. It's toward you who believe. Believe in what? Believe in him who loved you, gave his life for you, who says, now you are my son, my daughter, my valued one. You are the one that I have chosen to put my spirit in. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You know, as I've shared before, the parable of the talents. Jesus shares this story about a man that was given 10 talents and someone that was given five talents and someone that was given one. And we know that he says that the one that was given the most talents stewarded it the best and multiplied it the most. And he was given the most honor and the most favor. Then, then the next one, he, he, he invested it and he did some good things and he was given an, a, another amount of favor. But the one who had the one talent and just buried it and did nothing with it, even what he had was taken away from him. And I've heard you know, messages, I know that the scripture speaks on multiple levels, but I like to think about that parable this way. I've not been given 10 talents or five talents or one talent. I've been given the Son of God himself. I've been given the darling of heaven, the desire of the nations. I've been given the right to sit with him at the right hand of the Father. I've been given the spirit of Christ himself, the one that came down like a dove and rested on Jesus. That same spirit now lives in me. I am now a supernatural being that is seated currently in heaven with him, walking on this earth, filled with his glorious power. And I have a responsibility. Noblesse oblige. I've not been given 10 talents, but I've been given the most powerful, most glorious favor. Here I am, your favored one. That's who you are. My prayer for this awakening is not so that you'll get a spiritual buzz, but that you would recognize who you are. Because if you know who you are, you will change the world. Hallelujah. God's called you to arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. He wants you to wake up thinking this is going to be a good day. Hallelujah. He wants you to wake up and start dreaming his dreams. Lord, You've laid up good works in advance for me to do today. You said greater works than these shall I do. I'm looking forward to it. It's time to wake up and recognize that we get one life and you're in it already. 
I have an urgency in my spirit like I've never had before. I'm telling you, listen to me prophesy. This season of acceleration is upon us and it's time to get firmly on track, firmly focused. It's time to give your life for the one who gave his life for you. So Father, we say thank you. Holy Spirit, come. His eyes of fire are in you too. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. God, I'm asking that your word wouldn't wash over them and just be like a nice, a nice little revelation. But Father, I ask that they would grab a hold of it. It would go down deep and it would take root. Father, I'm asking for the army to arise. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, for your people, the people of God, to arise. I'm asking for supernatural revelation. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I thank you for the power, the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Father, I'm asking for Holy Ghost, supernatural revelation, that you would truly flood our hearts with light, with truth, with the truth of the gospel that needs nothing added to it for you are enough. God, we say thank you. Come, we lift up our heads and we say, come Holy Spirit, enlighten the eyes of our understanding and the knowledge of you. God, we want to know you you. We want to know you in ever increasing ways. We want to understand the value that you have for us that we might know and behave as sons and daughters of the living God. Father, I'm asking for supernatural breakthrough, for supernatural revelation. I declare the chains breaking off, the lies of the enemy breaking off. I declare that the mold is broken, that they come, Holy Spirit, now and they expand to the right and to the left. Holy Ghost, that your light would be lifted up, that your name would be glorified. I'm asking, Spirit of God, that you would cause your blood Father, to be something they are so aware of. I thank you that you seal them, Lord, in Jesus' name.